Hello, everyone, and welcome to the weekly update. Brandify's podcast where we focus on recent changes and updates in the local search space in order to help you prepare for the week ahead. I'm Dustin Hayes, Director of Marketing at Brandify, and I'm joined by my co-host, Damian Rawlson, Brandify's VP of Product Strategy. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into your weekly update. Hello. In our first item for this week, Phil Rozek has published a blog post on his localvisibilitysystem.com website, which is about what to do if Google overrides your information in Google My Business incorrectly without your permission. So this is a frustrating issue. We hear about this all the time. And uh, Rozek actually notes that the problem has gotten worse in 2020 with Google rolling out several new features in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic with lots of changing circumstances on the ground, businesses uh, closing temporarily, changing their hours and so on. And with Google increasingly relying on other sources of information aside from the business owner, such as Google users, third-party sources, and Google's own internal teams, So as a result of all of this, businesses have seen their hours, their attributes, their secondary URLs, other details in listings modified in ways that are either incorrect or or just inconsistent with the way the business wants to be listed. This is a difficult problem to solve. There's no easy fix, but Rosic has a very good suggestion, which is that if you're having issues with uh, your your information in the GMB listing being changed by Google, you should make sure that the landing page or business website linked to your GMB listing has information that is an exact mirror of what you want to appear in GMB. So for example, if you are having trouble with your service attributes changing in GMB to values that you don't like or don't agree with, make sure that your... Uh, business website or landing page for that location has um, a very uh, a list of services that is that is exactly uses uses exactly the same wording as the wording within GMB. Uh, he has an example of a um, of a, a plumber who has services like blocked drains, emergency plumbing, drain replacement, and so on, where the wording exactly copies the GMB wording. The idea here is that because Google relies on web crawling to verify information in GMB listings, that providing that information that is an exact corollary to what you want listed in GMB is a good way to solve at least some problems of this kind. Um, He also mentions that If you have issues with, for instance, your business name is not appearing as you would like it to in GMB, that may be due to a citation inconsistency problem. So in that case, it might be helpful to check your listings on other sites and ensure that everywhere possible, your business name is represented as you want it to be. And as you have uh, listed it within your, your Google listing, which would hopefully tend to mitigate at least some of these problems. So it's a helpful blog post. encourage you to check out the whole thing. There's a link in the Monday memo if you'd like to to take a look. Barry Schwartz recently asked for input from several local SEOs as to the value of the follow this business feature in GMB. 
introduced in 2018, the feature allows Google Maps users to follow a business and receive updates. For the most part, those offering opinions concurred that followers have offered little to no value, with Ben Fisher summing up things by calling followers a severely understated feature that has limited visibility and is a waste of time. However, Claire Carlisle noted that she has used the new follower offer post for at least one client and was able to attribute new revenue directly to the offer. She also noted that follower posts may not be suitable for all business types. It seems likely that if followers are to gain any traction, it will happen for business types that are most suited to gathering a local following in real life. Next, we have an item from Colin Nielsen. Uh, Google uh, is now displaying service attributes as part of the local result for certain searches. Uh, so Colin has an example where the search is for weed control. Um, Google interprets that as a search with local intent and therefore it triggers a, a local pack. And in one of the results in the local pack, at the bottom of the little section for that business under the business name and the uh, phone number and uh, uh, review summary and so on, there's a line which reads, uh, provides weed control. And this is similar to what we've seen in the past. In fact, Colin says that when you see this kind of text within a local result, Google has an internal term for that. Uh, Google calls these justifications. So we've seen justifications before coming from Google post content, from reviews, and uh, from the business website. So uh, if you're searching for a certain type of toy and you see in the listing for a, you know, a department store, their website mentions, and then you see the name of the toy there. That's an example of, of these justifications. So this is the first time we've seen justifications appearing for service attributes. And that's important in terms of uh, why you would want to include service attributes in your GMB listing, because, you know, prior to this, uh, they, they certainly were not considered to be a ranking factor. And they were also kind of hard to find. You had to look for them under a tab in the uh, mobile version of the of your listing. Um, and, you know, not very prominent. But now, uh, with service attributes appearing potentially in search results, you can imagine that they're going to improve uh, click-through rate, as as Nielsen uh, suggests, and uh, therefore, you know, having those service attributes in place is um, is is potentially going to make your listing convert better, and that's one more reason to make sure that you're making use of all available GMB features because you never know uh, to what purpose Google is going to uh, to use these. And in, in a case like this, um, certainly this feature has uh, become much more useful. In response to a question on the local search forum from user Ryan Bull, both Phil Rozek and Joy Hawkins confirmed that Google offers no standard definition for the categories listed in GMB. In the other post, Ryan Bull writes, for context, one of our clients provides heating and cooling services, and there are a number of different HVAC categories one can choose. Is there a place to see where categories would be best fit based on the services our client provides? Rosick acknowledges that GMB categories can be ambiguous and suggests that sometimes the best course of action is to check competitor listings and ensure that yours are consistent. 
Hawkins pointed to a spreadsheet that in fact contains an older set of category definitions maintained by Google back in the MapMaker days, with the caveat that many changes have occurred to Google's categories since the definitions were updated. However, she writes, reiterating Rosick's advice, I wouldn't choose categories based on that list. I'd look to see what categories people are using for the keywords you want to rank for. So in a, an update to the antitrust news around Google, uh, as of this writing, Google is now facing three separate antitrust actions in the U.S. The, the first one was brought back in October by the Department of Justice, along with uh, several state attorney gen attorneys general, and it focused on the uh, allegation that Google was unfairly dominating search on smartphones, among other things. Uh, now there are two more suits led by various groups of state attorneys general, alleging that Google has monopolized online search and search advertising, one of them, led by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, is alleging that Google's AMP project, that's Accelerated Mobile Pages, is designed to create unfair competition with publishers. So the allegation is that AMP pages are designed to not work well with JavaScript, which forces publishers to abandon their own ad exchanges, JavaScript-based ad exchanges, in order to accommodate the AMP standard, which then forces advertisers to use Google's ad exchange instead of the ad exchange from the publisher. So this is a, a strike against AMP specifically, suggesting that, you know, there are lots of possible outcomes for these antitrust activities. We've focused before, talked before about the possibility that Google might be uh, forced to um, divest itself of certain uh, components and, you know, that it would be broken up in some fashion. But in this case, it looks like what we're what we're looking at is is the targeting of a specific project within Google that impacts search and advertising, but that um, Google might be forced to um, to uh, uh, discontinue if the if the lawsuit proves proves successful. So, lots of implications of these various lawsuits, which of course we will continue to track. According to preliminary reports from MasterCard, overall U.S. retail spending for the extended holiday period from October 11th to December 24th is up 3% over last year, with online sales growing 49% over 2019. Online spending accounted for 19.7% of overall retail sales, up from about 13.4% in 2019. In this unusual holiday season, consumers spent more on home furniture and furnishings than usual. This category saw the biggest growth at 16.2 over last year. Home improvement was up 14.1%, and electronics and appliances were up 6%. Apparel, however, declined 19.1% compared to last year, and luxury categories were down 21.1% overall. Black Friday spending was down 16.1% compared to last year, but retained the top spending day of the holiday season. Generally, consumers shopped far earlier this year than normal, encouraged by incentives from retailers. There were fewer last-minute shoppers in 2020 than in 2019. Great. Well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out on Brandify.com and the Brandify blog, where you can find more information about the topics we've covered here today. You can also subscribe to the weekly update from your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode. I'm Dustin Hayes, along with Damian Rawlison, and we'll see you next time on the weekly update.